Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hey there. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, Well, thank you so much for agreeing to hop on TPQ20 today with me. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure. We always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that is you know, not on the back of your book, uh, uh-huh. not on your <laughs> website, who would you say you are? Um, I love that. Um, I'm Shayla. I'm a poet who is really interested in music. Um, and um, I'm from Jersey City currently living in Brooklyn. Um, and I love writing about or- all sorts of things, but I use a lot of sound and yeah, sound music and different kinds of experimental poetics in my work. Ooh, I like that. Okay. That gives us a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, so um, let's start with the, with the early portion then in your early life and your mm-hmm. as a young child, uh, what came first, music or uh, the love of words in some form? Yeah, that's interesting. Now I have to think about it um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you, I feel like you kind of music is a part of everyone's life in some way, just like TV is always on or around or film, right. you know, and then it's like, when did I, you know, become interested in it more than just someone who's like, kind of like, oh, music is on. Yeah. When, when was I like, oh, I really interested in this. Uh, I think music came first because okay. I remember kind of like, um, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where, where are you, where specifically are you from? So I'm from Portland, Oregon. So You're I'm from, from Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So um, is Sam's Club there? Uh, yeah, we had, we we had a version of Sam's Club. Absolutely. A version of Sam's, yeah. yeah, we've got, we we've got like, Walmart and Sam's Club out here. Right. And, yeah. yeah, we had Walmart, BJ, Sam's yep. Club. So I don't know why when that one came, it was like, you know, everyone's whole thing to go as like an event. <laughs> so we, <laughs> my family used to go and then um, there was always this like music kind of music section, but there was like this uh, cart that had just a bunch of albums in it. Right. Um, and it would be new and old and you just kind of pick one and they're all like three or four bucks or whatever. Nice. So I used to just pick one every time I went and my parents would just let me get one. That's um, awesome. So I feel like I started from then. Like I, I'm really listening to these artists and kind of right. some of my favorite artists from that time happened right, because so, of that yeah. music who, box. Who were who were you digging out of the uh, the crates at at Sam's Club? Yeah. <laughs> so the funny thing. So then it started to be lots of rap. Like I feel like that was like a. And I feel like my parents were like, 
who are you listening to? How, how did you get 50 Cent and like Eminem at like, <laughs> when I'm like in sixth grade? Um, but then, and then like they had, I don't know if you know the, <laughs> I feel like everyone knows this album compilation, the That's What They Call Music. Uh-huh. So right. then like lots of pop stuff on that. Um, <laughs> I feel like my first concert was like Christina Aguilera, like that kind of. Hey, that's not a, that. that's not a bad cut first concert at all. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that's <pretty laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's really <laughs> um, so a lot of that kind of stuff, but I would say now I like kind of like R&B and like um, some of those things too, but more like R&B, indie, all of these different things. Yeah. Um, so from then, and then I feel, feel like around the same time, my fifth grade teacher had like a, there was this contest that I feel like all kids a lot of kids were in in different schools where it's like <laughs> write a poem, then will you get? It's like a publishing thing to right. be um, in the book. Oh my and gosh! So there's all like the books. The where, hey, but you could pay forty nine ninety five for a copy. Literally, yeah, twenty dollars <laughs> for every additional copy you want to exactly right. Oh yes. <laughs> so I feel like everyone's parents are like, "Oh my god, our kids are published." So, but it's funny to me now because I'm just like that kind of gave me some kind of belief even though like yeah. a lot of kids were in it I was like wow I'm a published poet like you know and I started writing from then so kind of you know around the same it's, time but maybe music yeah first. those books were such a big deal I've been teaching this is about my almost my 20th year teaching and I remember mm-hmm. I remember my my creative writing students my first few years were all about those and it's like you didn't want you don't want to there's never a time to discourage anybody from writing right, so yeah. you want to it's like Okay, but don't spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> like it's good to get one. Like awesome. Mm-hmm. Don't don't spend the twenty dollars per extra family member that you want to that <laughs> exactly. you want to buy this book for. Yeah. So so was there was there maybe a catalyst poet for you um, or a songwriter for you where you were like, all mm-hmm. right, now I think maybe I can you know maybe I can do this. Maybe I can have fun with some of these words this direction. Was there was there one one artist or musician or poet that kind of spoke to you in that way? Well, I'm trying to think about it. Um, for music, I feel like there are so many at that time. I look at it now as kind of um, the influences in terms of music and poetry more later in life. I was just reading everything, listening to everything right. at that time. But then, like, I would say, you know, college when you like take a poetry like workshop or something and you're like oh I really love this so for writing I think when I first read like Toni Morrison I was like oh this is like mm. something else <laughs> this is like another world I don't know what's going on in right. this um and then like really understanding like wow how did she do this um so for for writing definitely um and then for music I feel like it's a lot of kind of rappers who are also really poetic Mm-hmm. And so that cross between like how do music and lyrics, um, how do they come together over sound? Such a and weird, how such I can play for battle. that. It's yeah. a weird argument. The idea of of you know our lyrics the same as as you know our lyrics poetry. It's the yeah. It's the, it's the it's the constant question as a teacher. I have to ask the constant question. I'm sure as even as a you know you're a professor. I'm sure mm-hmm. you have to kind of handle with that that as well. And in, in a way of like how 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 do music, if it's if it's a song, is it really a poem? Mm-hmm. It's what I mean. What's yeah. your what is your answer to something like that? I mean, is it if it's a if it's a song and it has lyrics, is mm-hmm. does that does that automatically make it a poem? Yeah, that's what, that's. I mean, really it's the age old question. Is, you know. It is. Yeah. 
I feel like um, there there are certain songs that are kind of written in a way where you're like, that's a poem. You know, when you're, you just maybe listening to a song, you're like, that's a poem. You're kind yeah. of like claiming it as a poem because you're like, that's such a good song or that's such a good statement right. or, you know, metaphor in that song. So I would feel that way about a lot of like rap lyrics. I'd be like, that's a poem. I, mean, I feel like there... that's how I... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like sometimes that's how I differentiate. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a good song. Like, this song feels good. It feels poetic versus like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of repetitive or this is like the same. Right. And so the poetry to me feels like the that good feeling, mm -hmm. kind of regardless of what kind of rhyme scheme or rhythm is in it. Mm. It's like, it's presenting a, a clear idea to me in some way or clear I feeling. I like that. I like that because it's yeah I think that you know people it's it's interesting to to think about you know one people don't always consider music outside of hip-hop to be poetry you never really get that right. argument I never hear like is yeah. you know is that Tim McGraw song uh you know a poem mm -hmm. like because we never really get I don't think people dig that it doesn't seem like people dig that deep into lyrics but when it comes to that hip-hop mm -hmm. world there's there's such a big argument of is it is it rap or is it poetry who are the are there a couple are there a couple mcs that you've always really you know been drawn to for their lyricism and and that poetic that poetic yeah nature? for sure yeah i mean there are so many but i feel like um my favorites and this is um a rapper that i kind of have in my in my book and i was speaking to one of his songs a lot but um, Saba, who's out of Chicago, is a a rapper who there's just so much poetry in the way he in the lyrics, but also the way he um, comes to the page or comes to the song, um, and the way he his stage presence. Like there's so much in that, um, but there are a lot of different like yeah. There I think early on um, I'm trying to think of maybe one person. It's interesting for me now to see this living in New York, but I've always felt John's like Biggie and him as like such a interesting lyricist. Like yeah. there's so many things going on in rhyme scheme, all of these different technical things, but just being so poetic in it's that painting, too. Yeah, it's painting. Yeah. I, there was like, I wish I knew. It's funny, earlier today, I read a, I read a quote from an article um, that was talking about how Biggie was writing films. And I right. thought that was a, yeah. really, a really good way to right. talk about that. Is I, So I, cinematic. I, yeah, everything everything is painting such a vivid picture. It's a documentary. Everything is such yeah. a good documentary. Yeah, I mean, um, he had skits, like all, yeah. all of those elements too that would make it feel like that, yeah. So you bring up the, the you know, page versus kind of the page versus stage argument or the page versus sound mm -hmm. argument. Um, as someone who has such a heavy, you know, kind of, kind of one foot in, in each, um, where do you, where do you find for you is that through line between for music and poetry, when it comes to the, the writing on the page, mm -hmm. is there, uh, is there a musical element to it that we're not hearing if we're just reading it? For example, um, Ariel Marie, uh, mm -hmm. if you go back a few years to her, and I've, I've mentioned this one before in, in the TPQ 20, but if you go back a few years to her right bloody, their right bloody finals, mm -hmm. uh, performance, 
and they open up their their poem with with a song and it is it's not like that on the page it doesn't say yeah. sing here right and it yeah. brought it brought such a new element to to a poem that i was already really enjoying so do you find that you kind of have that in your mind when you're writing and is it how do you handle that yeah i mean first of all um shout out to them because gumbo yaya is such a cool oh. innovative book um and yeah for me it's funny that you mentioned that performance because I was going to say that performance for me is a space in between it's like sometimes whether it's in my book or just any poem I'm, I'm trying to maybe leave a little bit left like something is off the page and I'm like I'm going to bring this or I have an idea about I'm going to bring this into the room but right. it's not here and then sometimes I'll I'll do that like in the editing stage I was really kind of back and forth between listening to audience reaction and seeing like what the room feels like and, and oh, writing like that, that back into the poems. And so then the sound and the music comes back in. And so then there are these like notations that I have in the book that are like about the static and the different sounds that I was just like, how can I capture this on the page? Mm. But also what do I want to leave out that I right. can just bring into the room? So I love that moment of song that opens it up. That it's, it's this, I keep thinking about this and writing toward this um, thing that Doug Kearney said, which is like performance gives you the opportunity to really shock the viewer or the listener. Um, and it doesn't have to be like shock in terms of like shock value. It could be right. just you're stunning the, the viewer, the listener in a way that allows for vulnerability. And so yeah. he, he was at, he's like, what do you put in that space when they're shocked or they're stunned? And so I always think back to that. I'm like, what do I want to hold for that space? Like, what do I want to yeah. say? If I want to sing something, if I want to have music, what's going to be in that little pocket? Um, so I well, think about that a lot. And it's interesting because, um, so like a Joelle Leone um, talks about, uh, you know, leaving that room on stage, but having it kind of as a set performance. So there's a performance mm -hmm. there. There's room for it to breathe. And you always have to find that that way you might say a line differently. You might not always, right. it might not always be the same, you know, the same because the audience isn't, you know, the audience mm -hmm. isn't always in front of you. And you're right, you play yeah. off the audience's energy. So do you find that, you know, for you, are there are there lines that you, well, then I'll assume from what you've said, there are lines for you that you kind of have kept for stage only versus, you know, mm -hmm. versus the page. Do you feel that, um, do you ever feel like you're you're taking away something from the reader, uh, or is there a different experience? Is it just a different experience that they're getting for that moment, or do you think that ah, you wish they would have had that line uh, when when that piece right. was finished? Yeah, you know that's such a good question because I I feel like I'm in between that feeling. Okay. So so with my book, there's kind of um, and it's something that I was like, okay, I'm going to be intentional about not mentioning it in the beginning of the book right. being out, but it's been out enough for now where I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I talk about this thing that happens, um, but there's like a kind of performance element to the book that's just hidden okay. where I'm just kind of, you know, it's in a, it's a, a moment where you don't know if it's performance. You don't know if the performance has started yet. Okay. And so I'm playing on the whole technological aspect of like, you know, is the technology working? So say if I was doing that now, I, it would kind of be like, I get on here and I kind of start like acting as if this is not working. 
Right. You know, and so there's that because the performance hasn't started yet. It's like, what's going on? What's happening? And then I bring in a poem that is referencing them and it's understood that that's the space we're in. And so I've, I think part of that was created out of that thing that Douglas Kearney is saying, like, you know, what's that vulnerability? What's that little stunning thing that's going to happen? Um, but it's it only has happened in like in-person performances. Right. There are other things I do in virtual performance. Right, right. So I actually think the pandemic has changed the way I see that too. Uh -huh. Like, how do you show up in like a room but a virtual space, but also like on a phone, like all of these different elements. Um, yeah, the virtual yeah. the virtual world of readings and performances really, I mean, you you definitely paid attention to who was who was paying attention in those moments to an right. audience if there was more than just black boxes or who yeah. just knew that they were <laughs> right. they were there to set a mood and give a performance mm -hmm. um like you know even even down to there there was a, a poet um jonah mixon webster on a reading yeah, that, that he was doing favorite. yeah well and in and at the beginning of the reading you know he lit up a cigarette and it was one of those things and it was such for his poems in that moment it was uh -huh. such a mood setter um, and it changed the entire feeling of the virtual room. Um, and there was a rhythm yeah. to what he was doing and there was a tapping to it and it was musical almost. And so, you know, you, you look for those poets in those virtual rooms who are really intentional about what they're doing. You know, how can you make, how can you make this room your actual, you know, audience? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Jonah Mason Webster. I wish I could have seen that oh. because he is a top favorite of mine. Like, I love his work. Stereotype is such a great so good. book. Um, and I think for, for me, for his work, it's interesting. That's I would say he's definitely one of my, like, present influences. Like, someone I look to that I'm just like, you're doing amazing nice. things. Yeah. And you always make me feel a different way in each. Every way you show up is not the same as it right. was. Um, and so it's funny, the question you kind of asked, like, do I feel like I'm, do I feel a way about, you know, the perform, the audience getting something and then not, and then the reader's not getting something. For him, I always think, wow, I hope people see this thing you just did, but he's always doing something else the wow. next time. Um, so, but I think um, there's something so, there's something that feels like it's kind of gifted to that audience in that too like the moment with the cigarette, it's like, that yeah. was a gift just for that moment. Yeah. Um, and so I love that about it too. Well, there's something, there's something that, yeah, you, there's something that's so, I, I love, I love poets who have spent, you know, almost different lives in, in spoken word or some type of stage performance. And then mm -hmm. kind of a, you know, not that they were done with that, but that then they started working toward the page as well. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, you look at kind of our our current landscape of, of poets who have almost moved beyond, but, you know, you get the Hanif and the Clint Smiths and mm -hmm. the people who really started in this in this performance space. Yeah. Um, and and I love I love the way that they've taken that idea of what you can do on a stage and still bring it to the page. You still have mm -hmm. the, you still have room for line breaks. You still have things that can work for soundscapes. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. Is there a, is there a uh, you know an audio book in in our future from you that will encapsulate your uh, your love of sound? I know that you're kind of moving you move yeah. in different poetic spaces, so mm -hmm. is there an audio work 
that that may come fr from you in our near future? Yeah, I mean, um, that's something I've been thinking a lot about. So it's funny, the, so for speculation, um, there is kind of like a standard audiobook. Right. And then I did like a kind of one-off from McSweeney's that plays into Ooh. the performance aspect. And so some of that kind of hidden, I feel like that's another like little hidden internet thing where it's like that. McSweeney's has this little part. <laughs> so that's definitely something I want to do, like an entire piece that is both visual audio. And so that, I love doing that so much. I think that right. the piece with McSweeney's helped me figure out the performance element of it. I was like, oh, this works here. This is something I would love to extend in the future. Um, and actually, so the, the rapper that I've loved all these years, Saba, he just like let us use his song for free. Ooh. He was like, just, just gift me some magazines. And so it's also amazing when someone That's you incredible. like admire musically yeah. is like, yeah, like really about collaboration that way. Like, oh yeah, sure. Use it. That's so um, much fun. Well, so I would well love done. to actually do something like that. Yeah. Collaborating with people, bringing in some of the music and, you know, making something larger. Ah, well that hopefully, hopefully you get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Thank um, you. So you've had a pretty a pretty cool last like year and change here. Uh, the selection from Ilya, uh, and then working as as a blogger for Poetry Foundation. Um, that's kind of a little whirlwind of a of you know a handful of months. Uh, what what is next from you? Yeah, um, it's interesting because I've been kind of so with the book and Ilya, who I'm like so grateful you know chose the book and has been a really great supporter, and then. The Poetry Foundation reaching out for kind of a like critical, like critical creative essays right. about you know poetry, but also just how I see the world and and see poetics. And I think um, you know everyone's been asking like, are you writing something next? Like, what's happening? And I've been looking at it as a sort of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm taking a break in nice. writing, but not realizing also that I've been writing tons of nonfiction, <laughs> tons Ooh, of essays, okay. tons of like. Um, so I wrote an essay actually that it's on Doug Kearney, Jonah Mixon Webster and Harmony Holiday and like <laughs> how I would kind of love to um, get on a spaceship with them and like, like travel to, with Sun Ra. Like <laughs> that's where I see wow, there their universe. Go. Now there's an so, album, there is an album <laughs> right? that we could definitely look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, I'm realizing now that's kind of where I'm orbiting in like a cool. critical creative maybe like a poetic essay kind of space. Um, and so I think I'm numb grateful that I've had those opportunities because they're kind of showing me things I'm really interested in writing about. That's really so cool. Sometimes I have to be assigned something and I'm like, oh, I really love this. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I kind of miss the days of being assigned something. It's been, a, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been assigned like a. I think it would definitely it would definitely kickstart like kickstart the uh, the writing world again for me. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ Twenty. It's an absolute pleasure to, so to talk with you today. I'm really excited for what's going to to be coming from you uh, over the years. I thank think there's going to be a there's going to be some really cool like innovative poetic pieces coming from uh, from you so i'm really looking forward to that so thank you so much uh it's been an absolute pleasure and uh we will talk to you later have a great rest of the evening yeah thank you so much this is great thank you okay. bye, bye have a great evening
Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.